0: You are listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm Nicole Holcomb, former teacher and school counselor turned civil rights attorney and podcast host. It wasn't that long ago that we learned the reason that our daughter was struggling to learn to read in first grade was dyslexia. Fast forward four years past many hours of research and collaborating with experts in the field of dyslexia. Now I'm sharing the lessons I have learned That took me from being an overwhelmed mom who didn't understand dyslexia to a go-to mom who is helping hundreds of moms each week through education and collaboration. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies and hacks to help you do the same. If you're feeling alone and lost on your parenting dyslexia journey and you're looking to find a mom who gets it, you're in the right place. Let's jump in and get started. Hey friend, you are listening to episode 120. I am so glad that you're here because today we're going to talk a little bit more about how to just release it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to love it. So hang in there. You're going to love this episode. 119, episode 119, we talked about it. Uh, a conversation I had with a mom here recently who was just kind of starting her journey and finding out that her child was struggling to learn to read. And I I wanted to bring this back up again because I know you are either been there or you're there now and you may come back there if you have passed this point. But it's the point where you start thinking about all the things, all the things that you feel like you missed. And I just remember this mom saying to me, you know, the school asked me to read, with, read and do activities and to read like 20 minutes a night, which is pretty much recommended reading for children. Um, she said, and you know, we've not been doing it. I've I'm not, I had not done it. And, you know, and, and more or less shame and blame, right, that her child was struggling to read and she felt all the guilt of the fact that it had to be connected to the fact that they didn't do a lot of reading at home every night, right? But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not your fault. Did you hear me? It's not your fault. And I want you to release it. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to tell you, years later, it's a hard one. It still comes up for me. Because you're going to, you are, let me just say out loud, you are going to think back about pre-K, And you're going to think back about kindergarten. And you're going to think about last week. And you're going to think about the things you said to your child when you didn't know they were dyslexic and why were they not doing what they needed to do, right? You're going to think back about those hard conversations. And you're going to think back about things that you've said. And more importantly, you're going to think back about the things that you didn't do. Again, it's not your fault. We have to release that. You have to release that. You have to release that blame and shame. It's hard, people. (laughs) It is not easy. But what I want you to hear is that, you know, the just doing the 20 minutes of reading every night is not going to remediate your dyslexic. Okay, so let me just say that out loud. Some people are going to be like, oh, don't read. I didn't say that. Yes, you're going to read with your child. And let me just do a little sidebar on that. I've talked about this a couple different times. So in the book, Overcoming Dyslexia, Dr. Sally Shaywitz talks about reading and time spent reading each day. So I'm going to give you this quick little visual to think about. She says that her research indicates that for children who read less than one minute a day, they are exposed to 8,000 words per year. For kids who read on average... 4.6 minutes a day over a span of a year they have encountered 282,000 words and children who read 20 minutes a night they are exposed to 1.8 million words per year so we have less than a minute almost five minutes and then we have 20 minutes and the amount of words and vocabulary our kids are exposed to is amazing because it goes from 8,000 to 1.8 million but you know what she didn't stop it there then she took it and put it on a chart in the book and it talks about reading test scores and it talks about the correlation of the reading test scores the percentiles to the the amount and time of reading a child spends. So a child that spends less than a minute reading a day would score, she said on average, about 10% in their reading scores, their test scores. So when you think about that, she's looking at where they're falling as far as the percentile of readers and being on grade level. Now she said that with the others, so let me go back and, and, and talk about that just one more minute. So, Dr. Shaywitz is talking about that our readers that are what she, she characterizes our poorest readers, they fall in that 10% category, that 10% percentile, um, when they have read less than a minute a day, all right? And they would require one year to read what the best readers can read in two days. Wow, that's impactful. So, but then if you jump to the next one, let's say about five minutes a day, right? Those students are are exposed to 282,000 words, and they're scoring at the 50th percentile in reading. But it may not be a surprise to you that children that are reading consistently 20 minutes a day for the year, and yeah, I get it, not everybody's going to do that, but that's, that's our goal, 1.8 million words per year, and those children are scoring at the 90th percentile. That's, yeah. So if you think about it, books really do offer three times as many interesting and complicated words. So when you think about books and you think about exposure to words, she even talks about in her book that There are more rare words in like the written, you know, books, especially children's books, than conversations of college graduates. So she said, simply put, when you think about vocabulary, people aren't having these sophisticated conversations that increase our vocabulary. They end up falling short. The kids are gaining it through being the exposure of reading. Uh, that's where they're being they're getting the most for that and i think about it now especially the generation that our kids are living in and the the shortness of conversations and relying more on digital and texting and things like that and quick you know messages and so it's really impacting not only their spelling and their grammar and their ability to write sentences all that plays a piece of that and so when they're able to you know have exposure to those pieces it, it, it makes a big difference. So I don't say all that to beat you up if you haven't been reading 20 minutes a night. I say all that so you're armed with information now where you can make some decisions in your household. And it doesn't also mean that you're going to sit for 20 minutes and listen to your child struggle to read. It could be that you sit beside each other and you read together maybe you read two pages and then she reads two sentences right like you got to figure out where they are but let them start having some success it might be even now sometimes my daughter will be like I'll read a page you read a page like we'll just kind of take turns because sometimes she gets fatigued from reading so it just, you know, you got to figure out where to start. But, you know, Shaywitz makes the case for, based on the evidence she looked at, based on the amount of time a child reads at home or has exposure to reading at home, really does impact them in a positive way. But I do say that that is a good practice, but don't bake, you know, beat yourself up over it, okay? And again, it is not your fault that your child is struggling to read. And we have to release that. You know, if you've been at Dyslexia Mom Life for even a minute and you've started doing your research for dyslexia, you already know there are specific things to watch for and you already know that dyslexia dyslexia (laughs) is hereditary. So the fact that, you know, you're reading with your child does help them But it doesn't remediate the dyslexia by itself. They still need an intervention there. So you may be thinking, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm going to try to let this go. I am completely serious. I want you to hear me. I want you to stop beating yourself up. I get it. I do. And you're going to have days where you do that. But you got to get to a point where you realize it is not your fault. And you have to release that. And how do you do that? There are lots of ways you can do that. Um. some people just cold turkey say, yeah, I'm just not gonna deal with that anymore. You know, the reality is most of us, we care about our kids, we care about their futures. And so, you know, even years later, things may pop back up, and you're like, oh, and then even for us, like now, years later, our daughter tells us things that she remembers from kindergarten, first grade that she didn't tell me then. And so then I'm like, oh, you know, um, that's specifically about her reading and how she felt about it. So a couple of things you could do is if you like to write, if you like to journal, sometimes it's good just to get those thoughts out of your brain and have a place to write them. And then you can look at them and decide, is that a rational thought? You know, if if your child was struggling, has always struggled with completing assignments and it's taken them a really long time, you know, don't beat yourself up that, oh, I didn't do anything about that right that very moment. Right. You, you got to learn your child and they've got to see what they can and can't do. And they've got to have some some failures along the way to figure out, you know, what kind of student they are and where they need help. Another piece, though, I know I've got a lot of friends who exercise like going for a run or, or weightlifting or whatever they're doing. You know, maybe they're doing um, I don't know why Iron Man came to thought. That's weird. Uh, so I don't know I mean, whatever you do, if, if you know, you've got I guess let me give you a couple more examples and I'll come back to that um maybe you need to talk to someone like I said before sometimes just talking it out and having a conversation with someone that gets it can help you get clarity and can help you release it because once you realize wow you know yeah I I did this my child did the same thing once you realize that you are not the only mom that, quote, missed something, right? Like, we are all on the same page. We are all in the same boat together. There are signs that we know now that we didn't know then to watch for because as you get more and more educated about dyslexia and more educated about your child as a learner, you're going to see things that now you have a clarity that you didn't then, okay? And talking that through helps. At least it does if that's how you process uh, you know, for some people, they just like to do quieter things. They like to just have time to, to, to meditate, to really think it through. Some people through prayer really helps. You have to figure out, you know, how do you best deal with pieces that are, are, are pieces of struggle for you in your life? And whatever you do that works, do it now. So that you can completely forget it. Well, you won't ever completely forget it because as you talk to others, it'll come back up again and you'll be like, yeah, I missed that sign too. But, you know, once you embrace it and you're like, yep, that happened, but now we got a plan and we're moving forward. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to spend all your time in the self-pity and beating yourself up because you're not going to get anywhere at the end of the day doing that. So, you know, even if you're in a situation where family or educators or others or You know, saying things that that have you give the impression that you did something wrong. You should have read more with your child. You should have done this or that. You know, it's not your fault. You were here listening to the podcast. So you are obviously wanting to take some positive steps toward helping your child become a better reader and hopefully be remediated through this dyslexia. You want your child to be successful or you would not still be listening today, right? So I want you to release it. It's not your fault. And, you know, I bet there is someone else that needs to hear this message. So if you will hit the share button on the podcast episode you're listening to and share it, you can text it to someone. You can email it to someone. You can send it to, you know, a a group on social, you know, whatever. You know, if, if you're trying to do it on Instagram, you'll probably have to take a screenshot and then share it over there. But I want you to know that you have resources that you can share with others. And there's probably someone out there that needs to know that they've got to release the shame and the blame and they've got to get in a a perspective that they're ready to take some action. You know, what action can I take today? Where am I at today? What's the next step I can take today? You might not know way down the road what it's going to look like, but you can take little baby steps and those little baby steps a week later, a month later, a year later, when you look back, you're going to see all the progress that that you've made as a parent and the progress your child has made. So I want you to know that you are not alone. We are here. Our community is here. And if you would like to be part of an amazing community of of moms and educators and just people doing this whole dyslexia parenting thing together, I would encourage you to come over and join our private Facebook group. The uh, it's the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast community. I would love to see you in there. We have lots and lots of supportive moms. And anytime someone shares something, many people jump in even before I see it. It's a very supportive community. And I think you will really enjoy being over there. Go out and have an amazing day. And remember, you got this.